The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. Just know that the Kansas City Chiefs are never underdogs. Just know that. Yeah, I mean, I hope people remember not only the greatness that we have on the field, but the way that we, we've done it. I mean, I, I feel like we, we enjoy it every single day. We have fun. We play hard. Um, and it's not always pretty, but we just continue to fight to the very end. And This is my second game as a head coach. But um, I think when you go against guys like Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes, you better never feel comfortable to lead. And those are two of the best players to ever play the game. And that's why... Whether you have a lead or your down points, it's, I mean, those guys are always in it. You watch them all the time do that stuff. It's Kyle Shanahan. Alex Jones before him. <laughs> uh, let's give some love to the Chiefs here. I got some facts and stuff for you, Jason Ross. Okay. Uh, this from Warren Sharp of Sharp Football. He said, the scariest part about this Super Bowl, it was supposed to be the year to knock the Chiefs off. Mahomes is the most expensive cap hit in the NFL, $37 million. Also the highest quarterback cap hit to ever win a Super Bowl. Uh, his number one wide receiver was a rookie. Uh, they played six straight games at a rest disadvantage in weeks 12 through 14, and that's the only time a team has had to do that in NFL history. They had to play in Germany. They didn't get a first-round bye. They had to play on the road in the divisional round as an underdog. They played in the road on the road in the conference championship as an underdog. They were underdogs in the Super Bowl and were losing by double digits. Based on strength of opponent, it was the toughest path to a Super Bowl ever. And then when you include the Super Bowl, the toughest path to a championship. And uh, they still won, which is pretty uh, pretty amazing. Kyle Shanahan, now as a coordinator, was a part of the largest blown lead in Super Bowl history when the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead to Tom Brady. In Super Bowl 54 uh, against... Hi, that's me. Oh, sorry. Uh, in Super Bowl 54, uh, also against the Chiefs, uh, his team, now as a head coach, blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. And yesterday, as a head coach, they blew a 10-point lead. That's tied, of course, with himself. for the. Mm. So he's been a part of the three largest yeah. blown leads in Super Bowl history, which I understand there's a little bit. That can be unfair and skewed. Yeah, but I mean, this one was 10 nothing. I didn't feel yeah. like. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, but it's still facts. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the <laughs> Patrick Mahomes went eight for eight with twenty-seven. Well, he's the only quarterback to go eight for eight or better with twenty-seven or more rushing yards on any single drive in any game, regular season or postseason. That's what he did in overtime in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That that's the last, the only time that's happened in thirty years. The you know there those, there's so many things from the game, but one of the things I think that's been under talked about so far that I've seen and underreported on, um, he had the three longest runs in the game. Yes, he did. Yes. Or two of the three. I, know, no, I think the he, Niners' he, longest run was nine. If I'm not is mistaken. that right? If I'm not mistaken, when everyone's like, run the ball, run the ball, I run know. the, which is a to me is a little bit of a lazy narrative. It hit Shanahan before. Yeah. Um, 
I, I literally, Dave, I, I'll show you. I was tracking like the whole game. I was making notes the whole game and watching, and there was a couple different times where I went, I think I would run here, and he elected to pass. But yeah. there's there's not that many of them. As the game went along, like the third quarter, I think is the one that Shanahan's getting most critique for, where he threw a bunch. They got behind the sticks. Like there, there was a first and 10 where he threw. He threw a completion, yes. and they got tackled for a loss of eight. So now it's second and 18. You, you can yeah, run, yeah, but, but you're not running there. like so. Then he throws, and then he throws. They yep. had to punt. Um, they had another one where they ran the ball, holding first and twenty. Right, not so, running the ball there. I mean, or maybe just, you, run you can, there. but yeah. So there's a couple things there, but all that being said, Mahomes had two critical runs, uh, and the Niners' defense had a chance on fourth and one to stop him in overtime. Yep. He ran. He ran a couple plays later for a gain of like 19, I think, yep. or 22 or something Yeah, like where that. it looked like half the defense was in slow-mo. Asleep. It was really weird. Yeah, so he had some critical runs in the game. Uh, they faced the Chiefs, the number two, three, four, and six offenses in the playoffs. Wow. They combined to average 28.3 points per game in the regular season. They averaged 15.8 versus Kansas City in the playoffs. And all the talk today, or I, I shouldn't say all, but – 90% of the talk you're going to hear today is Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, Chief Super Bowl in some order. When honestly, I think 80% of the conversation today should be Steve Spagnuolo, Chris Jones, and the Kansas City defense. Yeah, 28.3 in the regular season, 15.8. Spagnuolo shaved 12.5 points off of four of the best offenses in the NFL. It's truly one of the best all-time defensive runs in Super Bowl history. The Chiefs are now 5-1 and one when trailing by 10 or more points at any point in the playoffs. During that span, Jason, the rest of the NFL is 6-48. and 48. Patrick Mahomes has started 96 games. The Chiefs have only lost three of them by more than one score. That's three of 96. By far the best rate in NFL history. If you include the playoffs, that's four of 114. That's just insane. When you consider that his rushing leader was him, and his two leading wide receivers were Nicole Hardman and Justin Watson. Yeah. In overtime, Mahomes converted on fourth and one, third and six, and third and one. <laughs> There's an old tweet that somebody dug up from 2019. Somebody was basically clowning on Troy Aikman about Mahomes winning a Super Bowl. I think it was a uh, it was a story in the Athletic. Ah, gotcha. It says Patrick Mahomes. Yes, you're right. The Athletic, Kansas City, September 23rd, 2019. Patrick Mahomes has thrown 36 percent of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns in about eight percent of the games. Mm. And Troy Aikman quote tweeted it and said. Talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl titles. Well, now Patrick Mahomes has thrown 132% of Troy Aikman's passing touchdowns and has won 100% of his Super Bowls in about 58% of his career games. Um, we're going to have a lot of talk about a lot of stuff, including Patrick Mahomes and uh, is he the uh, greatest of all time and, you know, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Your point, though, on the defense yeah. Of Kansas City, I think it's good. Here's, again, when you look at it, all the things from the game. The first, if I had told you, Dave, the first nine possessions that Kansas City would have the ball, nine times they would have it. Nine. They'd have six points. I would have taken Niners that to the that game, bank. Right? Yes. 
Or the <laughs> you held them yeah. for nine possessions at six points. Yeah, Niners had nine possessions and only had ten points. Yeah, that's I mean that to me is where the separation needed. Now the last eight, everybody scored. Yes, Niners got some field goals. Chiefs got Chiefs got some touchdowns. Yeah, I mean Niners so missed an extra point. Each team was kind of figuring it out, and unfortunately, in, there's a catch there. One of those possessions. The chief got the muff. Punt. They scored on yes, one play, right? But they had not. I mean, they weren't scoring. The Niners' defense was great until it wasn't. And I think if you kind of hear all the post game, like you hear McCaffrey, he's like, "I feel like my first quarter fumble was the problem." Purdy, I feel like I didn't I make didn't some throws. Them. The yeah. defense, we couldn't stop them when we needed. Like everybody's kind of t- Moody probably would say my extra point. I think if you go around the group yep. and you go, a lot of people were really good. Yes, who was great for the Niners? Maybe Jennings. Yeah. I mean, great. Purdy was go- Juwan, good-ish. Juwan McCaffrey Jennings, was good. Uh, oh, who's uh, who's the rando? God, why am I blanking? Oh, Conley? Special teams. Conley. Yes, God. He had a, a catch or the, two and then the tackle. The, and the tackle. The, uh, the down at the one. The down at the one. Yeah. Um, so, I think a lot of people were good. They need more people to be great in the game. And then by the end, I think Mahomes, who was good, finished great. And that, you know, the best player in the field finished with a great finish. Let's finish with a note from overtime. Because there were some questions. Do you defer? Do you receive? The Chiefs overtime plan, and this is uh, according to the ringer here. The Chiefs overtime plan worked out exactly how they had hoped, and it wasn't by accident. Safety Justin Reed told the ringer that the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. Chris Jones said the players were prepared for what to expect if the Super Bowl went to overtime. Quote, we talked through this for two weeks. How we were going to give the ball to the opponent, and if they scored... We were going two for, uh, for two at the end of the game. We rehearsed it. The 49ers did not do the same. Multiple 49er players said after the game that they were not aware that the overtime rules are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. And strategy discussions on how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. Eric Armstead said he learned the details of the postseason rule when it was shown on the Allegiant Stadium Jumbotron during a TV timeout after regulation. Kyle Juszczyk said he assumed the Niners asked to receive when they won the toss because that's what you do in the regular season when a touchdown wins the game. Quote, I guess that's not the case. I don't really know the strategy. Well, of all the things... That might be one that Kyle's taking with him and, and thinking about. But, I mean, I think there's – the one thing I heard was maybe the thought was because the defense was just on the field. I'm not justifying it. That I'm just trying to understand the the logic behind it. What the broadcast made a great point of is if you're second, not only do you know what you have to do, but fourth down ch- changes the dynamic. 100%. So – Let's flip the Niners situation and say the Chiefs had scored. Remember the Niners went down, got themselves in a really good position. Yes. But they got stopped at around the six. Yes. And kicked the field goal. Kick Makes sense. Goal. Get the points. Yeah. Well, you're going for it. And you still could have lost, but it just – you were in a different spot. And when you yeah. have a fourth down – like the Chiefs didn't even look that stressed on the fourth and one. That was the Super Bowl. And they did a beautifully designed play where Mahomes, quarterback keeper, um, they just – they Wait, were maybe a little bit more prepped there for that. That was for the Super Bowl? I couldn't tell because Tony Romo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> over. Well, you know, it's like in the first quarter, and then there's a thing. Yeah. And then over here, you got uh, this guy. Looks like four down territory for uh, right here for the Chiefs, Jim. 
take a break when we come back. This is for the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, hey, uh, just real quick though, guys. Did did either of you happen to catch? Well, you probably didn't. Did either of you happen to catch the uh, "We're Looking Live" special on Brent Musburger? It was on when I was here. It looked great. So good. It was so good. I I don't know where you can find it, but oh my god! I wanted to see it once I saw it, and I go, I wish I could hear this. It was before your. It was really before. Our, I mean, you and I caught the tail end of the NFL. Yeah, no, today. I definitely remember that Phyllis George. Oh and, my God! And then going through Jimmy the Greek yeah. and the things he said and how that ended, uh, Irv Cross and all the barriers they broke. I, if you guys, if you didn't see it, I highly that was good. Ah, uh, it was just it was. You forget how much like Brent Musburger is kind of like I like to gamble and Raiders right yeah. now, but like you forget that Brent Musburger was the original that he was the guy, right? The, and they even say in there, he wielded more power at one point than any broadcaster. He made Jim Nance and uh, and Howard Cosell yeah. look like just guys. Once well, so I saw a couple people on social media, and who was that? I forget her. Jack. Uh, J- uh, Jane Kennedy. Jane Kennedy. They're yes. like, boy, they look old. I'm like, it was 50 years ago. Exactly. Come on. By the way, we'll take a break here. Um, so I was too young for all of that, yeah. but, I, but honestly, Jane Kennedy – First Playboy I ever saw that I saw from my dad. <laughs> Every time her name is mentioned, the first Playboy I ever found in my dad's closet had Jane Kennedy on the front Seems cover. Seems like that image is still imprinted, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. But, no, she is wonderful in it, too, and uh, gets very emotional, and you, you kind of see a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that was amazing. Three for Madness, brought to you by Fire Wings. Let's talk Kings, De'Aaron Fox, and the rest of this road trip next. Three questions, three answers. It's three for madness on the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Here's question one. You know, sometimes life has an interesting way of uh, presenting you with things. So I, you don't always bring in these, uh, these like, little Nutrigrain bars, right? Yes. That I have a pile of over here. So I'm eating this Atkins chocolate peanut butter bar. And the only, the only reason I have it... It's because I had to make a last-minute run to Bel Air yesterday um, for some stuff that my wife and I forgot for Super Bowl food, right? And it was like, it was a halftime of the Kings game. That's right. So I roll in there. Holy crap. It was like Thanksgiving on steroids. Like, the the line to the cell, because I'm like, I'll go to Bel Air. I'm not going to Winco. I'll go to Bel Air. I'll, I'll hit the self-checkout. I'm good. I only need, I, I had four items. The line to self checkout was back to the uh, to the the butchery, the meat mm. meat section butchery. Wow, yeah, it was that bad. And every other line was the same, right? So, there's a hack to that though, where uh, I, there's either usually a front desk where they sell like the the carpet cleaners and cigarettes and, yeah. and high end liquor, and then there's a pharmacy. So I go over to the pharmacy with my stuff, and I'm like, "Hey, could I check out here?" I'm like that guy. And they're like, you have to make a pharmacy purchaser. Sorry. And I looked around. The only thing that wasn't like pills or anything was these Atkins bars. So I grabbed them, and that was my pharmacy purchase. And then I got my green onions and my ranch packet and my thing of frozen spinach. And I'm out the door. And so I thought I'd try one this morning. These are wonderful. <laughs> Back to the pharmacy I go. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> is that? Is that? By the way, is that an a-hole move to do that? I feel like no. it, it's not. No. I feel like if, it could if, like, be. But you're not getting him. You're not cutting in front of anybody. Right. I know, but that. But it kind of. Uh, you're no, right. But no, it kind of feels like that. I feel kind of. No, that's knowing the system. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The one that bothers me more actually is if you have I don't know a, a regular amount of stuff in the regular line. You chose that line because you're. Yep. You don't want to go over the fifteen or whatever uh-huh. ten or whatever. The, 
and then someone's behind you with one or two, and they're looking at you like you're going to let me go past you, right? Uh huh. Like, that's no, what self right checkouts for. That's why I'm that's waiting right behind there. the person with 87 things too. 100. percent And I've got like 17, and I'm not going in that line. So no. So I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to move ahead of me, and then you're going to ask them if you can move ahead right. of them. It's like, of well, I'm not. waiting too. No, and that's what that line's for. And the other one is when there's the 15 person checkout, and they roll up with like 30 items. Right. And cool. and and you can't like there literally should be a every grocery store should have this. Like if you go five items over. Like, it won't, like, I'm sorry, sir, it won't let me yeah. beep. It and then, stops at 15. And then, yes, and then you have to give them all their stuff back, and they have to get out of line and go wait. Oh, the walk of shame. The walk of shame, and everybody, like, has a little, you, yeah. you, over the limit, <laughs> over the limit. Should have gone to the pharmacy. Right. And, and then, if you know you've got too much stuff and you're going to that line, you're a sick person. You're, a, yeah. you you're are, just saying, like, I don't care. That's right. You're exact. You're, and that's why I'm really sensitive about the whole go to the pharmacy thing because I can't stand line. I can't. I will not cut in line. Like, if my wife's in line waiting for me somewhere, I, will, I won't go meet her. I'll stand mm. in the back of the line because I feel like that's breaking the rules. It's probably not, but it feels like it's breaking the rules, which is worse. And then we'll move on. Uh, person that takes way too many items knowingly into the 15 uh, uh, the, the line thingy-dingy or person who just will not put back their shopping cart, cart and it's like right there. The putting back your shopping cart. That's the worst person, yes. right? Yep. Hmm. Ooh, it's close. Ooh, close. Yeah. Anyone else? I feel like they're the same person, though. Well, I, They it, usually it, do the exa- double whammy. Yeah, before they get into their huge lifted truck with the flags. 100% Probably. right. But it, 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 the thing is about putting the shopping cart back, like, bro, it's so fun. Yeah. Anyone else, You guys have ever played PGA Tour shopping cart before? Oh, my God. When you, you che- So fun. You check the wind. You do maybe a little bit of a curve. You look at there and, and you just push. I've been. You read the lot. Read that. You absolutely read the lot, and you got to do it from. You, you got to do it from across yeah. the street from and a distance. From a distance, yeah. Bet Midler style. Yeah. Sorry, right. Car. Three for madness. Question one. Is this the most confusing Kings team ever? Yes. That's why I wrote the question. It was a lead. Uh, yes. Yes. What other team has been this confusing? Because either the teams are crap. Or like last year, you're like, it's like anything they did. You were like, we we're not used to this. And now there's some expectations, but there's also a record of them being good. They have two reigning still all-stars. Uh, they have a guy that is in every MVP conversation, though not an all-star. And they added seemingly to their bench. You have nights against the Nuggets uh, like they did. You have nights where they go to Minnesota and beat Minnesota, where they beat Oklahoma City, where they have all these wins. And then you have Charlotte, and you have Detroit at home, and you have Portland on the road, and you don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know what to expect from this team. I have no idea. Your best player is hit or miss? Yeah. I mean, the only other comp could be somewhere in that eight-year run, but I I don't recollect that. Anything like this, where it's the up and down, drastic swings. Um, we just saw maybe the most dramatic of it with Detroit to yes. Denver. So, yeah, it, it's it's – bizarre i mean and at this point i feel like they're gonna be a playoff team you could probably talk me into like no if they keep going this way that's on the bad days and i'm like no they can get all the way to the top four right when i see the good you know i'm like yeah they can beat everybody so that's that's how wild they are what was their record we have to find that out they've got to be really close to where their record was at this time last year i think it's the same like almost exactly the same so there's this is about when they took off. Now the difference is the West is a little better. The top part, yeah. Remember, they were the three seed. Now they're the seventh currently. There's more teams in the fight, but I don't think it was much different than this last year. You have 
Well, let's see here. One, two, three. You have four of the top six teams in the NBA in the West as far as uh, percentage goes. Four of the top six. Um, and when it comes to Minnesota, the Clippers, the Thunder, the Nuggets, good luck. It's an interesting year. Like the Celtics are just kind of rolling along at 41 and 12. They look like the title favorites. Um, they're four and a half games ahead of everyone for best record in the league. Uh, but then you have the Cavs and the Clippers and the Knicks. It's going to be really interesting to see how everything shakes out uh, in the second half. I'm waiting for Miami to do their patented, mm. you know, here we go at the end of the year run. But but when it comes to the teams like like the Pelicans, the Kings, the Mavs, the Pacers, the Magic, the Lakers, the Warriors, I have no idea what any of those teams are going to do. I have no yeah. idea. It's anyway. just been weird. I know Chris is researching here. Hit the button if you would, though. Cut number two. Question two. Is there actually something wrong with the Aaron Fox? By the way, they're one, one game better. They're one game better than they were last year. 30 and 22, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are currently 30 and 22. And they lost this that game yesterday, uh, their 52nd game to go to 29 and 23. 29 and 23. I mean, they're ahead of pace. They're improving on last year. Isn't that what we wanted? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, how do I say this? Like, I don't know how to say this right, so just forgive me because the words are going to come out wrong. I Like, I can't. When I say I hope there's something wrong with De'Aaron Fox, like, I obviously don't want there to be anything wrong with him. I don't wish that on him at all. When I say I, I kind of hope there is, it's in the sense that at least there would be an explanation. Like, if there's absolutely nothing physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever wrong with the air, then it's like, well, then what? What? what is this? Because it's not like a game. It's not like... It, it, and by the way, what's wrong with him could be that he's he could be nursing a shoulder injury. What if he's just worn down? Uh, and, and then there's the whole other stuff, which I, always scares me, which is, God, what Malik Monk twice this year has said, you never know what a player's going through off the court. Now, maybe he's referring to himself or maybe he's referring to another another guy, but I, I hear that and I go, God, you know, I, I hope it's not, you know, I'm just going to take some random thing, but his great uncle whoever is going through something terrible and we're sitting here going, oh, you got to show up to the game. You know, I don't know. But looking at De'Aaron, us having covered him for seven years now, it's not like he sucks or is terrible. It's not that. It's just he is he is not playing anywhere near the level he started the season with. And I don't think like he's – this is not the level of even his average, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, he went from at one point, Dave, where we would go, man – I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but he's in the conversation. Right. To like right now, I'd go, yeah, he's probably not an all star. And you just go, I would have never thought we would have got there this year. I mean, from based on where he was. So I don't know what it is or why. I mean, the only other thing I'm, I don't even know if this is, maybe this is a pipe dream, but just thinking, hey, look, he didn't make the all star team. He seemingly didn't care. Um, I know he wants to win regular season games, but if he's like saving this up for, you know, I want to be as best as possible in the postseason, great, but. I don't think that's it. That's just probably wishful thinking. No, I, I don't you know, I completely agree with you. And I don't the problem I have too, by the way, a little bit of a problem I have is like dude some of the slander I'm seeing on him is like gives me a neck ache. Like <laughs> I don't know and I don't 
think this is necessarily people that have been changed over the last. I, I, I honestly, sadly, I feel like it's people that have, um, like they've just, I, and this is what I hate that have been waiting in the weeds and they don't say anything when he's killing it. And then when he's having an issue, and, and this may not be this person, but our last text, the issue is Fox does not have the heart of a champion. He does not have the ability to bring it when he's not feeling it. True champions are able to rise up night after night to dig deeper. He does not seem to be able to do that. And I guess my only response would be he averaged 27 and a half points and eight assists last year against the Warriors with a broken finger. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the heart of a champion? What is? What even is that? All right. We just we just figured that out from he's having some like look there's something wrong with him but let's not bury the guy. Anyways, cut number three. Question three. Will a split over these last two games equal a successful road trip? Will a split over the last two games equal a successful road trip? I'm gonna say yes. If yes, if the Kings can go go on this three game road trip heading into the All Star break and finish one and two, I will actually be like, okay, I'll take it all day because that means there's no shame in losing to Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City. Now you're going to Phoenix, where you just blew a the biggest lead for a situation in over one thousand NBA games of people doing it. And then you go to a very, as we said, a very, very angry Denver team. You're on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, it's pro- I don't know how you could get much more of a difficult three-game stretch in the NBA than what the Kings are getting right now. And They just got back from a seven-game trip last week. So, yes, if they can take one game out of these three, I say go for it, get to Cancun, and have fun. Yeah, the benefits of either of that, if that's a scenario where they win one of these two, that means either beating Denver to win that season series to go 3-0, yeah. um, which I think is less important than beating Phoenix. If you beat Phoenix, you'd win that season series 3-1. You've got them one more time. You get to play them five times. But that's a team you're fighting for, and that's a team you probably have more of a likelihood of being in a tiebreaker with. So if you could get one, I'd love it to be Phoenix. Of course, I'd love both. But, yeah, a split would be just fine. Split would be absolutely just fine. Yeah. Honestly, just getting, it, getting that number down, getting something – just consuming a win yep. in any way possible. Much like you would consume fire wings, whether it's today, tomorrow, or wing day Wednesday. Don't forget about that. I want to talk to you about my friends at Fire Wings. They were the hit of the Super Bowl party yesterday. I can't I don't know who it was. Which who I don't, I don't know who brought them. It was somebody else though that brought a big old vat of fire wings and boy those go quickly. Best wings in town. You can try any uh, one of their uh, 21 delicious flavors, like peanut butter, which has won awards, Louisiana rub, Thai chili, breaded Malaysian curry, and many, many, many more. Perfect, fast, casual eating establishment for the whole family and also a great place to enjoy all the college and pro basketball games from around the country. Hey, what's better than enjoying the best wings in town while watching your favorite teams play ball? Well, it says here that I can't think of anything in my notes, but I can. <laughs> watching, enjoying the best wings in town while watching your favorite team win. That's actually better. Go to firewings.com, find a location near you, order online, and when you get there, don't forget to tell them Carmichael Dave sent you. Fire Wings, 
just win it. We've got more post-game reaction and some different numbers for you to chew on from the Super Bowl. We'll do that next. Dave Show with Jason Ross. All right. Carmichael, Dave, Jason Ross. Taking all the way till 10. When Stiles and Watkins make the return from Vegas. Yeah, what a week they had down there. Wow. They did. Yeah. They better be back here and be sad and all serious. Don't be like, oh, we had a great time. Well, I think they did. Yeah. Whatever. Nobody should have had a good time. It was business. Business did not get accomplished. Mm. The failure, they should have done better. I blame them, too. Good at business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So we should have sent Kelly Brothers. Yes. <sighs> Facts. Honestly, probably probably our fault um let's get you more super bowl stuff here would you uh you saw travis kelsey bump andy reed uh that was made that was a big deal people made of and he bumped him hard he did they almost knocked him over yeah i blame the vax <laughs> obviously it's a pfizer thing uh but they talked about it afterwards um andy reed said he caught him off guard he caught me off balance. I, I wasn't it? watching. He, cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. <laughs> um, he was really coming over just to go, just put me in. I'll score. I'll score. You know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So, I listen, I appreciate him. Mm. <laughs> Easier to say that when they win. Sounds like someone's rationalizing. Yeah. It's a red flag, Taylor. By the way, they only show Taylor Swift when, uh... <laughs> okay, I, I got to admit about this. I, I have to come clean. I've been steadfast. Like, anyone who's bothered by seeing Taylor Swift, uh, you have something wrong with you. But I experienced for the first time yesterday, I'm like, stop showing her. I don't care. But it wasn't. It's funny when your team is playing. That, that's right. Exactly. Like, when your team's playing. Okay. So I, I want to take what I, I want to amend what I said before. If you have a problem with the camera showing Taylor Swift, I don't know what to tell you. Get over it asterisk unless your team is playing the chiefs <laughs> then i totally get it different because i'm like why don't you show her after uh the niner score cowards why don't you show her why don't you show her after that fumble why don't you show her what her boyfriend has like one catch for a yard or whatever the hell he had in the first half ended up doing pretty well second half but still why only show her the good stuff anyways are the Chiefs a dynasty, Andy Reid? You know, I got asked so many times, is it a dynasty? I don't know what a dynasty. I mean, you guys, you know, you have the thesaurus. So, I mean, you figured out. They're a dynasty. Yeah. We said that earlier in the week. Yeah. You win I, I didn't even know if they had to win to do it. I mean, but they did, and so that changes the, the metrics, the numbers, and all that. And when you look at, you know, the question here about, is Patrick Mahomes now the GOAT? No. No. Right. But I think he is the owner of the... Gasot. 
He is the Gassot. He is in the middle of the greatest stretch. Oh, that time. part is true. I mean, that's that's why you have to let it keep going. You have to. And keep playing. So, <clears throat> obviously, yesterday it could have gone either way. He won. That, did. that adds, like when we said leading up, like what would this do for his legacy? You can see what it does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it just gives him another ring. But the way they did it, in the fashion they did it, had they lost, yeah. you know, you could then go, he lost to Brock Purdy? And the yep. 40, you know the 49ers were a legitimate team, but like that could have been thrown as a negative. Instead, it's a fourth quarter and overtime comeback that adds to his lore. So, um, but he's got to keep going because if he stops here, he's still going to be considered one of the greatest of all time. Right. But do you think he'll? Do you think if he doesn't win another one, do you think he's the goat? No. No. Oh. Without seeing it, we don't know. Maybe he wins three more MVPs and all that, but we, you got to let it all play out. He, but he's tracking all yeah. of it. But we all want to just jump there. But what his stretch is is incredible. Yes, it's the best stretch we've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. And there are some Patriot similarities you especially saw this year. Think about this for a second. The Kansas City Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill, and all they've done mm-hmm. since then was win a Super Bowl every single year. Yeah, two in a row. It's crazy. They've won two in a row since Tyreek Hill is gone. What, what they're doing with him is actually weirdly similar to what's going on with the Patriots. You have your big cap hit with the quarterback, even though Brady came down at times. You have a stout defense. And then you surround, you give him a tight end. So Brady had Gronk. Mm -hmm. And for a couple years there, yeah, I know, but he had Aaron Hernandez. And when you had Gronk and Hernandez, that was just unfair. Yeah. And you look back at Brady's best running backs, it's like Corey Dillon. Like, uh, huh? Yeah. But he needs a year where he gets, like, the Randy Moss equivalent. Like, he gets right, like Justin oops. Jefferson or Devontae Adams or something for... And correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't win a Super Bowl with Moss, right? No, or that did... was the 17-0 and then yeah, Moss. Yeah, So you've got... Or 16, whatever they were. Yeah, you got, you've got... Yeah, they were 17... 18-0 and, and lost. Yeah, 18-1. Yeah. <clears throat> so you've got Mahomes surrounded by whatevers. No disrespect, but he has Kelsey. Mm-hmm. His offensive line's fine. It's not great. And then his his backfield is as Isaiah Pacheco, who came on towards the end. Jarek McKinnon, who was activated for the Super Bowl. Clyde Edwards-Elair. And then you're throwing out uh, Rache Rice, Nicole Hardman. Uh, Maldez. traded for Tony, who you, didn't, who you basically benched for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, he was out. And then Marquez, I almost said Maldez. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. <laughs> And, and 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 honestly, an MVS is a guy who recognizes this because that's how it was with the Packers. Except instead of the tight end, they had Devontae Adams, and then a bunch of I don't know. And and you're what what you're seeing there, <clears throat> and there are people that are going to weaponize this versus Brock Purdy. Okay, this just in: even the most stout Niner fan is super proud of Brock Purdy and absolutely hates the game manager crap. But you can't you can't. If you're one of those Brock is a game manager surrounded by studs, anyone could do that person. If you're in that camp, d- please don't embarrass yourself by weaponizing yesterday because Patrick Mahomes is one of one. If you're saying, see, that's what a game-changing quarterback does, and you point to Patrick Mahomes, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar, they all fall short. They all fall short then. Yeah. Nobody ever said Brock Purdy was Patrick Mahomes. No. Never, no. ever, 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 ever in their wildest dreams unless they were – smoking everything. Patrick Mahomes is one of one. 
He is he is Steph Curry. He is Michael Jordan. He is Patrick Mahomes. He, he, he and honestly, dollar for dollar, here's the thing: if I if I had it on the line, would I take Brady? You know, we we started this by saying Brady's the goat. Mahomes is having the best stretch of all time. But then it just comes down to knowing what you know right now. You can have a prime Brady or a prime Mahomes in the Super Bowl next year for your team, Jason. Who are you picking? Mahomes. So am I. And I think intangibles, I still have to give it to Brady because of how many times he was there and how many times he won. But I'm trying to think of all the things that Brady does or did and I can't think of any of them that Patrick Mahomes can't. Yeah. But with Brady, when you turn it around, I don't think Brady had, and I know this is sacrilege, but number one, I don't think he has the creativity Mahomes does. Right. And number two, he can't do with his legs what Mahomes does. Yeah, and I think, you know, in fair, not even in fairness, if you ask me that question, prime, insert, other Hall of Fame QBs, I'm probably picking a lot of them over Brady. Yeah. But Brady is the greatest winner to me. I think that's yes. where his goat stat. I mean, and it's not to diminish his playing, but like Elway, Marino. Rodgers. Ro- like people that are more gifts than Tom Brady, I would Elway. take ahead of in their prime. Yeah. But that guy won when it mattered the most. So that's, I mean, really, that's the ultimate evaluator. And it's interesting to your point, like, because I'm generally with you, like on the whole Elway, Rodgers, Manning, you know, guys that were more physically gifted than Elway Marino. Steve Young. Steve. I mean, Steve Young is so gifted. But then, like, I have this voice in the back of my head that goes, but but then we say, and by the way, you and I are in lockstep on this. Yeah. I don't disagree with you one inch. But then we both say, but Tom Brady won more. He did. And it's like, then I have this voice in my head going, well, how, how are you going to take any of the others? Because yeah. you know who had as good an arm as any of those guys? Absolutely as good an arm as any of those guys is Jeff George. And probably better. Probably better. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So why is it – I know that we're not underrating winning, but, like, shouldn't that trump everything? Like, should we take well, a Rodgers – But should you and I be sitting here saying we'll take a Rodgers and Elway and Marino and their prime over Brady when it's like <laughs> – But Brady won. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Yeah. Uh, it's a great argument. All I know is uh, Patrick Mahomes has had a pretty good first 29 years. <laughs> and – uh his dad played uh, baseball, too. He's not yeah. the first athlete in his family. By the way, did you see the video of Jackson Mahomes not being led into the <laughs> Brittany Mahomes' table at the club thing? I did. That guy is such a cheese D. I just, <laughs> what a weirdo. He's just, he's just kind of, I could watch a whole pay-per-view show on Jackson Mahomes just getting rejected from things. Like, I have no issues with Patrick Mahomes, but Jackson Mahomes... You're a dingle. We'll take a break. When we come back, the Kings over the weekend, uh, it was a Jekyll and not quite Hyde, uh, but a Jekyll and Diet Jekyll, I guess, versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll get to that stuff next. sources and he, he just kind of tells it as it is and gets to the point jason ross he has a lot of pretty smart things to, to say he's good at what he does on sacktown sports great broadcast over the weekend unfortunately uh not great not all great results but we'll take a split but if you had told me on uh the show on friday hey uh Nuggets 
And then on the road against OKC, Kings are going to go one on one. I said, yeehaw. Yeah, I guess so, probably. Yeah. I'm taking that. Yeah. Defending champs and then, you know, one of the top teams in the West on the road. And honestly, I probably would have thought, I will probably, we'll, we'll, we'll probably get the OKC game again, get a nice little streak against them. Yeah, they play them well. Uh, they were dominant against the Nuggets. I mean, that was really, that was, that was, hey, that was. No, I did not call Jackson Mahomes what you guys think I did. That mm. you're, you're mixing it up completely. Get out of here. Um, he the 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 team Friday night was just an absolute blast to watch. One thirty five, one oh six, and Sabonis with a seventeen, seventeen, and ten triple double. <laughs> Jokic, let's not act like Jokic had a bad game. 20, oh, he didn't. Twenty three, eight, and seven. And those stupid little one-legged fallaways that go in that just make me so mad. Uh, 15 points in 28 minutes for De'Aaron Fox. I don't have a problem with that. 15 and 10 with five steals. Yeah. His, he said a couple interesting things here lately. I think he had 21 steals in five games going into yesterday. Woof. And he said he had talked to Doug, Doug Christie, and he asked Doug, had he ever had a season where he averaged two steals or more per game? And Doug said, yeah, actually, a couple times. And now it looks like De'Aaron's, like, chasing that. He goes, I know it's kind of selfish. And Mike Brown even said, look, I don't love steals. They like deflections more because if you go for six steals in a game, his reference was, yeah. and you get two, that means you probably overplayed and got burned four uh-huh. times because it's just not a net win. But I think these steals that De'Aaron has been getting have been have been helpful in in the game. So well, and there's another thing there too, just in case. Shaq Gilgis Alexander is the uh, league leader. Is the league yeah. leader uh, in steals, uh, and he barely, barely, barely has De'Aaron Fox three six to three five deflections uh, per game. As a matter of fact. Uh, when you come to total deflections, the Fox is just behind Matisse Thybul, uh by two. Um, but when you talk about deflections, I mean, Foxy's right there. When you talk about actual uh, steals themselves, sorry, I'm still on the Phyllis George page here. <laughs> I was going down that rabbit hole. Um, he had no steals versus Oklahoma City. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. Prior to that, in the month of February, he had five, three, two, five, and six steals. And the last three games of January, he had two steals apiece versus Dallas, Memphis, and Miami. Like, what a run mm-hmm. for him right now, averaging three and a half steals per contest for the month of February. And that's with zero against Oklahoma City. So it's not all bad. It's just weirdly, strangely inconsistent but you know what who cares they got the win i don't care if deer and fox scores two points if they can beat the nuggets 135 106 screw it let's go baby uh keegan murray by the way uh 17 points so he bounced back a little bit all five starters were in double figures with the exception of harrison barnes who had nine on three of six and we've seen malik monk yeah. have uh a, 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 he, he has shaken off whatever uh he needed to his last five games 26, 23, 23, excuse me, six games, 18, 22, 23. I, I read those in particular, Jason, because when you look at the six games prior, 6, 3, 9, 4, 13, 9. Like, he has completely turned it around. For sure. And I think that Friday night game, Alex Len had a career high, or season high, excuse me. The bench had a season high. They nearly shot a season best. And... That was nice to be at home to have an easy, you know, yes. they're chanting light the beam with minutes to go. 
that one that one was a surprise cruise to the finish line for the Kings. It really was. I didn't expect it, and I didn't expect to see uh, uh, Michael Malone. I didn't expect to see him waving the white flag at some point, but he did, and it was good coaching. Yeah. yeah wave the white flag. You're on the second half of back-to-back. Don't screw around. Game's over. Too many coaches get too stubborn for that. No one, to, <clears throat> no one to, to to fight another day. Then you get to uh, Oklahoma City, and by the way, not that you know people were overly worried, but I was just honestly curious. I always am curious about this stuff. Um, you know, the thought was, are they going to be on the plane or what's going yeah. on for Super Bowl? Apparently, they rented out. You know, they've got a room at the hotel, probably some sort of ballroom or whatever. I'm sure the Kings, uh, you know, uh, staff that's in charge of all that, you know, had some cool TVs in there, yep. some food and all that. So they had like a, a team Super Bowl party. And then I'm pretty sure spent the night last night yeah. there. Uh, they'll fly out today uh, to Phoenix. So yeah, they, they would have missed yeah. the game, the plan. I don't know if it would have been different had the Niners not been in there, but Mike Brown's son's on the coaching staff. So yeah, it made sense. They wanted to watch the game. Oh, crushing uh, for Mike I Brown. can't imagine if there was visual of that. Cause I mean, he said he was going to be nervous. He likes to pace. He would probably watch it with the team, but he might leave it. No, I, I, somebody had said that they thought he might watch it in his room. Yeah. But, Cause yeah. he did say later, like if he gets, so he might've left. I mean, that was a, the kind of game. If you're a father and you're nervous, I can't imagine you want to be around other people. I would I would have probably gone to my room. And it's like weird for Mike Brown too because your son it's not like your son's the running back. Like your son's a coach. So like right. how do you even determine if like hey, he did that or oh, yeah. that sucks. But him. he knows the angst that he goes through as right. a coach. Right. So now he's thinking this is my son. I want them to win. I want him to be happy. He could get a Super Bowl ring like all the things are at stake for that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was right. Honestly, I had this little bet with myself. Was MC going to come into the chat today and think that the Niners game was scripted? Like, I mm. honestly was looking forward. And then first thing I see from, I just look over and I start laughing. As scripted as scripted gets, got to love how the Winers defense just let the Chiefs receivers catch what was needed. And I can't figure out, like, not to go down that rabbit hole because we're talking basketball. Do people really believe that, Chris? That the Niners were in on it? No, just like, I mean... Do people really believe the NFL is scripted? I think some do. I see. Is that like the is that like the dinosaurs weren't real thing? I think so. So like it makes it doesn't it make you feel better about yourself? The <sighs> Niners didn't lose. It was it supposed was, to happen. It was, yeah, right. So like, am I wrong? Okay, so like Earth is flat. Dinosaurs weren't real. We weren't ever on the moon. NFL is scripted. Like that's pretty much the same people, right? For the most, like, if you're doing a Venn diagram, they're Right, like, how do you, how does that, <coughs> where is the cracker that your cheese is supposed to be balancing on? And that, like, 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 <sighs> do you know how many people would have to be in on that? Like, does anybody ever think about that? How many people would have to keep that secret? Just, let's just go with the NFL. The coaches, the players. You know, uh, none of which, you know, go crazy at some point in their lives or do weird things for money. They're not the most, we're not talking about the most stable group ever. You don't, you don't think Antonio Brown's going to come out at one point and be like, here's the script. <laughs> we had this meeting with Goodell. Right. It, you, you, don't, you don't think Chandler Jones? I mean, I'm picking on guys that have gone around the bend a little bit. Like, like do you really sit at home and go, I truly believe I really do believe the NFL scripted this and the referees and the chiefs, even if you only think a few people are in on it, like you really, th you really think that if you do 
please, I say this with love and, and my heart, touch grass with your feet what outside. <laughs> Get some sun. I think they've been touching grass, Dave. <laughs> we'll take a break when we come back. God bless you. That was uh, that's an assist. That's a, that's a slam dunk. Uh, what was the biggest factor in uh, old Patty Mahomes hoisting and the 49ers staring off into space, listening to uh, Simon and Garfunkel? What what were the big factors yesterday? We'll break down that Super Bowl next.